Welcome to Bible Fiber. I am Shelley Neese, president of the Jerusalem Connection, a Christian organization devoted to sharing the story of the people of Israel, both ancient and modern. In over 70 episodes, over the course of two years, we've done a deep dive into the 12 minor prophets, a month-long mini-course on why prophecy ended, and tackled the post-exilic books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Before we start a new book, we are doing a mini-course on the peoples of the Bible, and this week we are studying the Philistines. The Philistines were an ancient people of uncertain origins. They settled the southern coastal region of ancient Canaan around the 12th century BCE. They formed a confederation of five coastal cities, Gath, Ashkelon, Ekron, Gaza, and Ashdod. The modern-day equivalent of their former territory covers most of the Gaza Strip and coastal Israel. Archaeologists would love to fully excavate ancient Philistia, but that has not been feasible over the last couple of decades under Hamas rule. However, as we learn about the complex web of underground tunnels crisscrossing Gaza, I wonder how many Philistine artifacts the Palestinian laborers lost or destroyed. Surely, they came across Philistine material remains, even if they didn't know it. Maybe one day, there will be a Gaza version of the Temple Mount Sifting Project in Israel, where they can wet-sift all the debris from the Gaza tunnels. Of course, that's in the unforeseeable future. But back to ancient Philistia. The five cities are called the Philistine Pentapolis. Each city had their own political leader, which meant they enjoyed a combination of independence and alliance. On the west, the Mediterranean Sea bordered their territory, and their eastern border was the Shvelah, or the Judean hill country. The way their five cities ran up and down the coast meant they shared a long border with Judah. Keep that in mind when you read the biblical story of Samson. Samson frequently went back and forth between Judean and Philistine territory with little trouble. Before David became king, he also took advantage of the poorest border between Philistia and Judah when he was trying to hide from King Saul. According to the biblical text, the Philistines worshipped Dagon as their chief deity. And like other groups in Canaan, they also worshipped Baal. From archaeological remains in Philistia, the goddess Asherah was also at the top of their pantheon. At Ekron, archaeologists found an ostracon dedicated to the goddess Asherah. At the Philistine site of Yavne, archaeologists unearthed an extensive collection of mostly female votive shrines. The origin story of the Philistines is tricky. Scholars debate whether they originated in Greece, the Aegean Islands, the coast of Anatolia, Syria, Cyprus, or even the Balkans. The material remains and pottery records at the Philistine sites seem to connect Philistia to northeastern Mediterranean culture, either the Anatolian or Aegean. According to inscriptions left by Pharaoh Ramses III at an Egyptian site called Medinet Habu, the Sea Peoples invaded Egypt in 1177 BCE. According to the inscriptions, no one could hold off the group of invaders, except, of course, the Egyptian army. The Sea Peoples were not an organized army, but a smattering of allied invaders who attacked by land and sea. The Peleset were one of the nine factions of these invading Sea Peoples, and many historians identify them as the Philistines. The images at Medinet Habu are of clean-shaven warriors with feathered headdresses, and that's the image usually associated with the Peleset, or the Philistines. 
If you pick up a children's picture Bible, and if Goliath looks like a clean-shaven man with a feathered headdress, know that the publisher hired a historian to consult on the graphics. For many years, historians believed that the invasion of sea peoples triggered the collapse of the Late Bronze Age. New theories have since challenged the simplicity of the 1177 invasion of sea peoples and put forward a range of other possibilities. Evidence from almost every kingdom in the ancient Near East points to serious region-wide drought. Drought led to famine and a total breakdown of international trade, exposing the downside of interdependence. Hungry people, including the sea peoples, went on the march, but they were perhaps as much the victim as the aggressor. Perhaps they were also escaping drought and looking for new lands to farm, only to exasperate the famine already plaguing neighboring lands. Evidence also suggests that at the end of the Late Bronze Age, there were a series of earthquakes decimating whatever was left of the global order. All we can say with certainty is that the Late Bronze Age collapse was a complex and multifaceted event with many contributing factors. Whether the Philistine invasion caused the collapse or resulted from the collapse, they took advantage of the power vacuum and came out on top. After their arrival, the Philistines settled along the southern coast of Canaan, probably because of their seafaring expertise. From there, they continuously clashed with local populations, which included the Israelites. Out of all Israel's enemy nations, the Philistines are most familiar to Bible readers because of the famous stories like David and Goliath and Samson and Delilah. During the conquest, Joshua did not conquer the Philistine cities, so the Israelites had to manage to live alongside them. The book of Judges says the Philistines were one of the groups left in Canaan in order to test the Israelites' faithfulness to God in their covenant. Certainly from what we can tell in 1st and 2nd Samuel, the Philistines dominated the role of the other in the Bible from the time of Samson to King David. During the period of the judges, God used the Philistines as a tool of his judgment every time the Israelites turned away from him and engaged in idolatry and other sinful behaviors. God allowed the Philistines and other neighboring people groups to oppress the Israelites as a consequence of their disobedience. Each time the Israelites repented and turned to God for help, he sent them a charismatic judge to deliver them from their oppressors. The judge Shamgar defeated 600 Philistines with an ox goad. But Samson was the judge sent to fully deliver the Israelites from Philistine oppression, even if he had an affinity for Philistine women. During the time of the United Monarchy, the reigns of Saul, David, and Solomon, the Philistines were the most significant adversary. During Saul's reign, he was constantly in conflict with the Philistine army. The most memorable of the Philistine versus Israelite standoffs ended with the boy David killing the Philistine giant Goliath with stones and a sling. Eventually, King Saul was wounded in battle with the Philistines and fell on his own sword to evade Philistine capture. King David's popularity originally stemmed from his success on the battlefield against the Philistines as a boy. Recall the people chanting, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. But David looked to God for help and put up a strong offense against the Philistine army. David's army defeated the Philistines at Baal Perazim and the Valley of Rephaim. In both of those battles, David consulted the Lord and followed his instruction for victory. 
Although David never quite eradicated the Philistine threat, they lost their place in the biblical narrative as Israel's number one enemy and were demoted to a persistent nuisance. It is only in the prophetic curses against the nations that the Philistines continued to be mentioned. The prophet Zephaniah, for example, predicted the ultimate destruction of the Philistines. He prophesied, The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, land of the Philistines, and I will destroy you until no inhabitant is left. Zephaniah's prophecy was partially fulfilled in the 7th century BCE when the Assyrians overtook the Philistine city of Ekron. Around 598 BCE, the Babylonian army attacked and decimated all the rest of the Philistine cities, except the fortified city of Gaza. Alexander the Great marched on Gaza during his campaign through the region. The Philistines put up a good fight against Alexander's siege engines, even wounding Alexander. But in the end, Gaza could not withstand the Greeks' combined naval and land attack. And after the Assyrian, Babylonian, and Greek attacks, Philistine civilization disappeared as a distinct entity. Some people erroneously claim that the Palestinians are descendants of the Philistines, but there's no relation between the two people groups. The name Palestine predates the modern political situation in the region. It was first used by Greek and Roman writers to refer to the general area of Israel, but it came into common usage after the Roman Empire destroyed Jerusalem in the Second Temple. They were sick of the Jewish uprisings in the region and their aspirations for independence. So Rome kicked the Jews out of the land and subsequently tried to erase Jewish ties to the land. They derived the term Palestine from the ancient Philistines, knowing that the Philistines were the Jews' old enemy and renaming their land after their old enemy would be the ultimate insult. Throughout history, the name Palestine continued to be used in various contexts, including during the Ottoman Empire's rule over the region. After World War I, the League of Nations granted Britain the mandate to administer the area known as Mandatory Palestine. During this period, the term Palestine was used to refer to the geographical area, but it developed into a descriptor for the national identity of Arabs in the land. Using the term Palestinian became more widespread because of the Arab-Israeli conflict and the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948. Before that time, the inhabitants of the region that is now Israel did not universally identify themselves as a distinct national group called Palestinians. So it's important not to confuse the ancient Philistines with modern Palestinians. Thank you for listening, and please continue to participate in this mini-course on Peoples of the Bible. Next week, we're learning about the Hittites, and you might be surprised how much the study of the Hittites has informed what we understand about the language of the biblical covenants. For the show transcript, go to our blog or sign up for our emails at jerusalemconnection.us. Send me a message, I'll respond. Bible Fiber is available on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.